Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Today we are talking about the shared grind of the faith grind of our lives. And here at Vanguard, we have European descent, African descent, Asian descent, South American descent, Central America descent, and we all descend to here. And we all have these preconceived notions of who somebody else is. That is, until we add a name and a face to an issue, and we learn their story, and we hear their heart. And as followers of Jesus Christ, he has asked us to look beyond our differences as human beings and to see the unity that can be shared through the faith we find in Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, amen? This is not without challenge. Pastor Aaron and I have been in relationship now for four years. October 1st will be his four-year anniversary here with us at Vanguard. And for four years, he and I have talked about white and black issues, and we've discussed how I see it, how he sees it, and then we ask, how does God see it? How does God see it? It is not something that you can know. I've not been, by the way, I've not been a brown person. I've not been a black person for one second of my life. So I have no idea what it's like to be anything other than a white male in the United States. And at some point, you go, this is really uncomfortable. Good. At some point, we have to ask ourselves if our faith transcends culture or if that's where we're going to live. Jesus understood this when he came in the first century that Jews and Gentiles had decided that they were not going to allow their faith to transcend religious systems. And Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to die for some. I came to die for all. All. But see, you can't integrate without conflict. You cannot integrate without conflict. We are better together, but that better together requires conflict. And in 1971, the school district decided to integrate 
blacks and whites into the school system together. And this is what happened. Remember, the Titans came out of this. Beautiful movie, by the way. Incredible movie if you've never seen it. And it shows what Jesus Christ came to address 2,000 years ago. I want to invite you today to take your program, take your Bible or your internet device. If you uh, have your social media device, I'd love for you to be a virtual evangelist. I'd love for you to share the service and be a part of inviting others into this experience with you. We're going through the book of Ephesians and... John Sorensen, who's here in the house this morning with his wife, Linda, he said, Kelly, uh, 50 years ago this month, I had given my life to Jesus Christ and I drove to a church and the pastor wanted to teach us what it meant to walk with Jesus in Christianity. And he taught me the book of Ephesians. And so today is the 50th anniversary, John of that moment where you drove to that church. We applaud that. We stand with you. We stand with you and Linda. It is so awesome to see how God weaves the tapestry of our stories together. So how do we live in unity with believers who are different than us, different gender, different race? Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul writes this to the Ephesians. Don't forget that you Gentiles, let me stop there a second. I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say this. I'm trying to be accurate, biblically accurate when I say this. Do you know how many races of people there are in the world from God's perspective? There are two, Jews and Gentiles. Jews and non-Jews. If you're Jewish, then you go into the Jewish category. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. And I'm just curious, anybody a Jew in the house? You were born, your mother is a Jew, therefore you are a Jew. I don't mean Jew by religion, but Jew by birth. Anyone? I have some very good friends the gentleman that started the independent newspaper, John Weiss, a very dear friend of mine for 25 years now, he's Jewish. And so I have the opportunity with other friends as well to be in relationship with people that are Jewish. So everybody in the house, though we may look different, we're all of the same race. And so as we describe the word Gentile, think of yourself don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders by birth. Now, I'll explain all of this. You were called the uncircumcised one by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. So, in the Old Testament, the predominant focus was on the Jewish nation. Now, what does that mean? What that means is God gave Abraham uh, the promise and gave him the sign of the promise, which was circumcision. 
And he said to them and to him, anyone that wants to receive the blessing that I have for humanity, those who bless you will be blessed and those who curse you will be cursed. And so therefore through Abraham, he says, all the nations will be blessed and through Abraham, all the nations will either be blessed or cursed. And so as a Gentile in the Old Testament, if you wanted to receive the blessing of God, us, you had to agree with the Abrahamic covenant and take on the sign of circumcision as an external symbol of your commitment to that same covenant. Now, in the New Testament, and we see this in the book of Romans, God grafts in the Gentiles, us. And in the grafting of us into the Abrahamic covenant, he fulfills it through Jesus and he changes the sign of circumcision to baptism. And so believer baptism is the symbol in the New Testament that is equivalent to the Old Testament symbol, which states when I do this as a New Testament Christian, I am saying, I am saying, I'm a part of the covenant of Jesus Christ. And so if you've never been believer baptized, you have not acknowledged that you're a part of the covenant. And you are shortchanging yourself on the blessings that God has for you and the promises that he wants to fulfill for you. And so I would encourage you as we move toward our next baptism in December, if you've never identified with that external New Testament symbol and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that you would say, I want to do that. Now, Gentile is often referred to in the New Testament as equivalent to pagan, okay? And Jew is often referred to in the New Testament as the religious people of the day. And so I want you to understand that both of these titles have to come up higher into the presence of Christ. God wants to redeem the pagan and God wants to redeem the religious, does that make sense? God is not okay with us living sinful lives, and God is not okay with us living self-righteous lives. God wants us to acknowledge that all of our goodness comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? And so he's, talk, he's going to talk to all of us today about this particular thing we call a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you have barriers, I'm not talking about wounds, if you have barriers where you say to yourself, I'm black and I'm not going to love white people, or I'm male and I'm not going to love females, or I'm brown and I'm not going to love black people, or I'm white and I'm not going to love black people, if you come to Jesus Christ... Jesus Christ expects you to love everyone. You say, but what if I don't like them? Well, as Denzel said, you may not like each other right now, but you're going to respect each other, right? You may not like each other right now, 
but you're going to respect each other. And there is a moral code that God requires of his people. And he says, if you cannot love your brother or your sister that you see, how can you say you love me? So many people go, I love God. I just don't love his church. You don't love God. Because it doesn't take anything to love God. He's perfect. When you say, I love God, I don't love his people, that's not a compliment to your love. Who can't love somebody that's perfect? But when you can start to say, through my love for God, I am learning how to love my brothers and sisters, amen, that I may not agree with, that I may not see it like they do, that I may not have to experience certain things that they do. And like it or not, culture treats all of us. And I'll give you an example. Well, I'm a white man, so I must be privileged, right? Because I'm a white man. Well, he's a black man, so therefore he's doing this, so there must be some... I mean, there's all these stereotypical things that happen in our society that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we buy into. God wants us to stop thinking like the rest of the world thinks and say, we're going to give an example to the world on what it looks like to take the gospel to all tribes and languages. And we are going to build a church that reflects God's love for everybody. Amen? Come on, amen? All right. We're making progress. Now, this was difficult, seemingly impossible in the first century, and here we are in the 21st century, and it still is difficult. It's extremely difficult from time to time. Now, circumcision, the external sign of the covenant, like the New Testament, believer's baptism, neither of these, and this is really important, Nothing that you and I do externally substitutes for our obedience to Christ. Okay, you say, well, I'm here today. Okay, are you here today out of obedience to Christ? You want to live for God? Or are you here today for some other reason? And every time we do something for God externally, it could be for our own benefit or... It could be because we are trying to be obedient and do what Christ has asked us to do. And only you can answer that question. Look at verse 12. Now, in those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from God's people. That is Israel. He's talking to the Gentiles, us. You didn't know the promises of God had been made to them first. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you belong to Christ Jesus. Now, let me stop there just a second. Is Jesus a Jew or a Gentile? He's a Jew, okay. And he bridged the gap between Jewish people and Gentile people. And that is a gap that is greater than the gap between black people and brown people or brown people and white people and so forth and so on. He bridged a gap that exceeds the gaps between all of us. 
And if we ask Jesus for help with the gaps, we will be able to do what Jesus did for the Jews and the Gentiles. But now you belong to Christ, though you once were far away from God. Now you've been brought near to him because of the, somebody say, because of what? The blood of Christ. Do you know that the blood of Christ sacrifice required his death? So he died. You ready? He died so we could love each other. Huh? He died so that we could learn how to love people that are different than us, that don't look like us, that don't talk like us, that that don't see everything the way we see it. And so when you think about race and you think about gender, I want to encourage you to think about Jesus. And I want you to think about the fact that Jesus, I'll say it another way now, Jesus died so we could learn how to get along. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The gospel is for everyone, everybody, everybody, everybody. So look at verse 14. For Christ himself has made peace between us Jews and Gentiles by making us all one people. He's broken down the wall of hostility. Huh. He's broken down the wall of hostility. Now, I grew up in Kentucky, okay? And I'm going to be honest with you. I did not grow up with Spanish-speaking, Latino-speaking, South America, Central America people. I never was around brown people. Where I grew up, it was black people and white people. I grew up in Glasgow, Kentucky, okay? And I grew up where the KKK still burned crosses in the, in the yards of my neighbors that I went to school with that were black. That's how I grew up, okay? And I grew up in an area where black people kept to themselves, white people kept to themselves. There was no integration, not very much, not very much. And there was debate, and here's the kind of debate that happened. Because some of us out here in Colorado think that racism doesn't exist. I'm I'm just confusing to me. But I grew up in an environment where Christian people would debate, do you want your white daughter to marry a saved black man or a lost white man? And many of them would conclude, lost white man. I go, well, but 1 Corinthians 6 makes it clear you're not supposed to marry an unbeliever if you're a believer. And see how, see how strong racism is? And I was taught that when Ezra put, said, you know, you need to put away your pagan wives, that that was a part of 
marrying somebody that's not in your race. These are the kind of things I grew up in, okay? It's awful quiet in here. And all of it is a lie. It's all a lie. When you get to heaven, God's not going to say to you, why are you a black person marry a white person? Why are you a white person marry a black person? God's not going to ask you any of this stuff. God does not care. God made marriage for a man and a woman, and that's it. And part of our problem in our society is that we as Christians have bought into cultural racism and it's made us hypocritical in being able to stand up for the truth about gender modification and all that's happening now. And some of us need to repent of our genderism and our racism, our sexism. Some of us need to repent of these things and say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry that I made something an issue that you don't. You don't make it an issue. Now, you say, well, if I want to marry somebody that's the same skin color as me, is that a sin? No. Like, stop. Stop all that. Stop all that deconstructionism. And let's start constructing a community that welcomes people who don't look like us, that don't do things exactly like we do. And let's learn how to walk in the unity that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And I'm not saying this is easy. And I said on Monday mornings, Pastor Aaron and I meet on Monday mornings, and he'll, he'll share with me his experiences. And I love to joke him because... Uh, he ain't country. I'm country, all right? I'm con- he's city, all right? I'm country smart. He's street smart, all right? And, and we grow with each other, and we have a deep affection for one another. But we don't see it all the same way. We don't agree on everything, but we still respect one another, and we still value one another's opinion, and we see the heart of Christ in both of us And we're trying to do what God has asked us to do. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, let me ask a very pointed question. Jesus tore down the wall of hostility regarding racism. Why are you still angry about racism? You say, well, because of the injustices. Okay. But Jesus has paid the price for the injustices so that we can go forth in his justice and establish what he wants it to look like. And so are you working toward unity in the body of Christ or are you working toward disunity in the body of Christ for things that Jesus has already died for? So he broke down the wall of hostility that used to separate us. So when you get angry at people, and you know, believe, I'm dealing right now, you know, my anger issue right now, just to be honest with you, is the people that ride my bumper <laughs> when I'm in the slow lane. Yes? And I'm like, Lord, I ain't got no grace for this person. 
And, and the things I start thinking about could not be of the Lord. I mean, they just ain't. I mean, as Pastor Aaron would say, I'm about to go gangster here. I mean, it just, it, it feels like that, right? It's like, Lord, I don't even know who this person is, but they own my last nerve, right? And, the, and all of us have something and all of us have issues in our life that just, ah, uh, it's, it's, it's sandpaper. And I want you to know God's in that too. And God can be in something. I want you to hear this. God can be in something and not be for it. That will take you a lot of time to unravel. God is in things that he's not for. Verse 15. Paul explains how Christ did this. By his death, he ended the whole system of Jewish law that excludes the Gentiles. His purpose was to make peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from the two groups. Huh. So let me practically apply this. I'm supposed to be in relationship, and I'll just use Pastor Aaron. I'm to be in relationship with Pastor Aaron so that through our relationship, we can become one new person together. That kind of sounds amazing. That's incredible. And so when are you going to go find somebody that ain't like you so you can start this miraculous process that Jesus died for? And when are you going to decide to be a part of a church that's not just about you? Huh? Because we're doing something here that's pretty amazing. But it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time, but it's happening. It has been happening over these last four years, and it's going to continue to happen. And I want to encourage you to lean into this. So how do we live in unity? Number one, embrace each other on what we have in common, which is what? Jesus. Jesus. Pastor Aaron likes the Pittsburgh Steelers. That man needs some prayer. How can you be a Christian and be for the Pittsburgh Steelers? There's no way. I I just don't see it. I, I just don't see it. Huh? Come on now. Look at verse 16. Together is one body. Together is one body. Christ reconciled both groups, both groups, to God by means of his death. God didn't reach for you while he died for you. He reached for everyone, and he wants to put our hands together through the cross. So what are you doing in your life to find somebody that doesn't look like you in order to live out what Christ is teaching. Because you will not break down the wall of hostility by standing at a distance. Assuming you know, assuming you understand. You say, well, do I have to agree? No, no, no. We need to be respectful of one another, but we don't have to shove it down each other's throats. 
We can grow in respect and love for one another, and we can understand one another's story, and we can understand the areas where we live in a society that we've got to continue to grow to understand. But we need, if we don't lock arms, the world will never see the power of the gospel. But if we'll lock arms, Jesus says, I'll put an end to the hostility. I'll put an end to it. I'll put an end to what separates you. So a couple of things. Letter A. If we're going to do this, we have, we, we have been each been freed from sin through Christ's sacrifice. Look at verse 16. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups. Our hostility toward each other was put to death. So whenever you feel hostility toward people because of race, because of gender, whatever it is, you say to the Lord, the Lord's put that to death. I cannot. I cannot entertain that. I cannot entertain that. I can't keep entertaining that. Verse 17. He's brought this good news of what peace to you Gentiles who are far away from him and to us Jews who are near. So letter B, uh, we've each experienced the peace of the gospel. So if I've experienced uh, the peace of the gospel, that it's important that I go forth in the peace of the gospel and share that peace with other people. When I was in Bible college at Liberty, I used to go to uh, uh, do prison ministry. And I would go minister to men on death row. Uh, and sometimes I would go to um, minimum security prisons as well. But there were times that I would go and I would, I would be led. And I mean, I was 18, 19 years old. I would be led into these prisons and I would uh, go into these rooms no bigger than this stool and I would sit down and they would open this little screen and there would be bars there and I would look through and I would talk to a person on death row. Now I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to believe. Some of the godliest people I ever met are on death row. They realized that what they did was wrong. And they gave their life to Jesus Christ. You go, I don't know if I believe it. Okay, that's fine. That's your business. I don't have to be in the, in the convincing God that someone believes what they believe business. I'm just to minister to people. And there are other times we would go to these, these uh, juvenile detention centers in Lynchburg, Virginia, when, where I was in college. And I started going to these uh, detention centers with a guy named Eric Green, uh, who was six foot eight, 265. He and I took theology class together. And Eric Green was the tight end uh, on Liberty's uh, football team. And he and I would play basketball with these uh, kids that were in the juvenile detention centers in Lynchburg. And then afterwards, we would share the gospel with them. Eric went on to play tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Miami Dolphins. And it was so cool to be a part of he and I reaching into these kids' lives. And listen, you can sit around and wag your head about how horrible the world is, or you can get busy populating heaven with people on earth. But you can't do both. You can't do both. You can't do both. So you got to pick. 
And I think the gospel's worth getting busy. Amen? Amen. Now, all of us, Jews and Gentiles, may come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit. Huh. Because of what Christ has done for us. Do you know there may be people because of their skin color or their gender that you hate that God loves? Letter C, we've each been given access to God through the Holy Spirit. God's not asking permission to love people you hate. Amen? These things are true for every believer. Look at verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You're citizens along with all God's holy people. You're members of God's family. Huh. So Pastor Aaron, you and I are a part of the same family. We're God's family. We're brothers. That's what God says here. That's what God has declared here. That's how I am supposed to function. That's how Pastor Aaron, that's how we are supposed to function. So how do we live in unity with those that are different than us? Number two, you focus on Christ connecting people. You focus on Christ connecting people. Look at verse 20. We're all his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. The cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Through him, you Gentiles are also joined together as part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Letter A, see every believer as a part of the same team. Same team. Number one, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And number two, their faith is found in who Christ is. I used to say to people when I first came here, and I've been here a long time. I've been here 27 years. I used to say, you know, we won't talk to Christians who have certain views of the Bible that believe that Jesus is God. And then we won't, we have no problem hanging out with these group of people who don't believe Jesus is God. Could you help me understand how we can make these delineations and how we can side with one political party over the other. And how is it that we can do all of these things? You know, and we're getting ready to come up on an election. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. And whoever becomes president, they're going to save us. Like, I just know it. I just know it. Like, the world is going to be perfect if who I vote for wins. You say, are you telling me not to vote? No, I'm no vote. Are you saying I shouldn't pray? No. That's important. But do you know we just came out of a season where statistics show that divorce is higher than it's ever been. And one of the reasons, you ready? Mask or no mask, vaccine or no vaccine. People got divorced over that. People ended their marriages over the pandemic. Devil won. The devil won. He's just laughing. He's just so happy because the American church is so divided over all of these things, right? And we're splitting hairs and we're dividing. And listen, I'm not saying don't have your opinions. I'm not saying check your brain at the door. What I'm saying is make sure the gospel informs everything you do. Make sure the gospel 
informs everything that you do. Verse 21, we who believe, catch this, are what? Somebody say it, are what? Carefully joined together. Carefully joined together. Carefully, intentionally choosing. The Bible says unless two agree, they can't walk together. Letter B, see every believer is precious to the team. See every believer is precious to the team. Every believer. Everyone. See, here's the thing. We are better. Somebody finish it. Together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as your word says, let your word be true and every man be a liar. Let your word be true and every man be a liar. Lord, forgive me for any way that I have externally looked at another follower of Jesus Christ and have decided something that's not of you. We repent of that as your people today, Lord. We repent of that as your church today. This is your church. You tell us that you will build your church And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, would you give each of us a growing hunger to begin to say to you, Lord, would you bring somebody into my life that maybe I have some bias hostility to? Would you bring somebody into my life that it just kind of makes me uncomfortable? It makes me kind of weird. And I'm, I don't like it, and it feels out of control. And, and then, Lord, as you bring that person into my life, would you, would you begin to let me feel how you feel about them. Would you begin to work in me to become like you with them? God, the church is not a plan. It's the plan. There are no other alternatives. You want your people to be one, to be unified. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the grace to do that. That you would give us the grace to model that. Lord, may we take risk to love people that aren't like us. Thank you for tearing down the wall of hostility.
thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood so that we can love each other. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.